into all places together, a place where stories are shared. Stories about life before us, stories about what happens between us, and stories that have yet to bloom. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever, whoever, however you are, take a deep breath. Here is a story for you. A story called, They Will Teach You. Well, it is a very exciting day here at All Places Together because I am at Lutherland. And y'all know if you listened to the episode where I talked about my favorite place, you know that it is Lutherland. So I am here for family camp and I am sitting down with Ryan Fitch, who is the new assistant director here at Lutherland. Ryan is also going to be ordained in 10 days from now. And so I'm not sure exactly when this podcast is coming out. So by then he could be Pastor Ryan, (laughs) which is really exciting. Um, So we're just so happy for him. Some of us other hobbies include brewing beer, reading super nerdy theology, which I love and think is great. And he's currently been working on developing a deeper understanding of ecology and how that relates to theology. And I'm sure that's going to come out in some of our conversation today. And one of the things he's gotten into during the pandemic is anime. So he's had fun watching that too. So thanks for taking some time out of your busy day here at camp to be with us. Cool. Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm excited. I um, know that there are all sorts of places that I'm sure people are listening in from, which is exciting. And um, it's such a cool way to connect and to bring people together. And so I'm really happy to be a part of this and to get to tell you a little bit about some of my favorite places and things like that. So Ryan, where do you call home and what makes it special? Cool. So right now I live at Lutherland. Um, which is slowly becoming more and more home. My internship was here. And so I had this strange experience that I didn't put down roots yet. Or if I did, I knew they were going to be ripped up within a year. And so it is this kind of funny experience to have that mindset that I'm moving on to something else. And yet now I actually do get to put down roots here. And so that's really, really exciting. We live over by the Equestrian Center. So if you pull up a map of Lutherland, (laughs) you can check out where the Equestrian Center is. And I live very close to that place. Um, And I have two dogs that live with us, my spouse, Amber. And then we have a four-month-old. He's almost five months old. Um, And his name is Rowan. Um, And so he's kind of a new addition to our family. And we're adjusting to life with all of that and moving and changing and all of that sort of stuff. But home for me in another way is where I grew up in that central Pennsylvania. Um, The traveling back and forth um, a few times to visit family, which was more feasible during COVID, um, was really wonderful. But there was this experience coming out of the final tunnel on the turnpike that you enter into the Cumberland Valley and there's just this huge expanse there that you can just see. And that's a weird thing to not have in Western Pennsylvania. Um, But it was always a sign for me that we were 
home or almost home. Um, and so that place, that, that part of the state um, really encapsulates um, that feeling of, of safety, of belonging, and um, that relaxation of being home. Yeah. So other than these beautiful spots along the interstate and these yeah. places that you call home or are learning to call home, mm-hmm. what are some of your other favorite places, Ryan? Yeah. So my, um, my experience of, of coming to terms with uh, a call to ministry was not super easy at first. I was really, really against this idea because like my dad is a pastor and we had been through a, a bad call that um, didn't work out very well at a congregation. So I had this like animosity that that really boiled for a long time for me. Um, and then I couldn't imagine that ministry would look different from that, which was foolish. And I can see that now. But in the moment, I thought that was all that it could ever be. Um, and so there was this moment um, that I started working on staff at Camp Mount Luther, which is a, an LOM site in central Pennsylvania. Um, LOM is Lutheran Outdoor Ministry. Yeah. So Mount Luther was a place then that I was able to discern that call in a community that was safe and was willing to support me and saw gifts in me for ministry that I wasn't willing to see anywhere else. I had church members in the past walk, to, walk up to me and say, oh, you should be a pastor. But I was like, no, 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 no way. But something about um, those communities at that time and in that place really clicked. Um, and so Mount Luther generally uh, is a place of such deep, meaning to me um and it's where i'm doing my ordination which is also really cool so it feels so like beautiful. yeah it feels kind of like a, a not really a closing of a chapter but it feels like a really good ending to a saga that then will continue in a new way now um so that's happening there but there's a specific spot at mount luther that's called the buffalo gap um, and it's one of our hikes that we would do on tuesday nights for an overnight where we would cook out and sleep out all on the same night Whoa. it was a little bit of chaos but it was so so wonderful um and so we would hike up into bald eagle state forest and it was about like a 45 minute to an hour hike um we didn't take little kids on it it was always like intermediates and senior high Okay. And then and then staff. So like not not a concern in terms of age. Yeah. Um, during training, you know, is such a time that we're kind of developing our friendships and um, becoming this group of people who will work together, support each other, fight occasionally. Um, yeah. Staff can you fight. you can believe that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, but that moment was so special because it was just us. Um, our director typically wouldn't go with us. Um, and it was a really good time for us to just be together. Um, and so we ate together up there. We cooked together um, and slept together in a place that was a little bit foreign. And so maybe we didn't sleep great, but we stayed up late talking around a fire. And there's so much value to that if you've ever experienced it. It's hard to replicate in any sort of other way but it's so so special in that moment but that place is so cool it it has um boulder scrambles on either sides of this gap in the mountains and the ridge that you can see if you look it up on google maps and we have a little campsite that's tucked down at the base of this there's a stream that runs by it. it's so picturesque there's rhododendron all over the place mountain laurel hemlock it, it's vibrant it's beautiful um and 
one of the boulder scrambles you can actually see from main camp which always feels so special because you can look up and you can see, oh, yeah, we were there. We went there during training. Do you remember when we went there? Um, and campers can connect to that. And it's such a special, like, grounding memory in the physical location, too. Is it something that, like, the younger campers might look up to as well? Like, if you start coming to camp when you're younger and you see the big kids doing it and think about, oh, like someday I'm going to be big enough to go there. Like, is that a vibe? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like those older kids come back on Wednesday morning and they're sweaty and they're gross and they stink, but <laughs> they are laughing and they have grown so close together because of that experience of hiking together and being together for that extended period of time. And I do think there is a quality for younger kids to see that, but also to just be able to see that place that looks so far away and then know that at some point in their life, hopefully, pending the weather or anything that could happen, they get to go there. And, and that's so, so special. Um, yeah, so it is this like goal that they may have for their camp experience at some point in their life. Yeah. yeah. That's neat. Yeah. And did you say you had a second favorite place as well? <laughs> That's right. I have two. The other one is here at Camp Lutherland, and it's a place that is called Terra Day. So Terra Day is um, a specific, I think it's like an acre or so of land on Lutherland's property that is dedicated to sustainable living. Um, and it becomes an educational resource for any of our environmental education programs that come through this place. And it also uh, is a place that feeds us during the summer. So we get vegetables that wander into the, the salad bar, um, lettuce, and this week we have kohlrabi there, all of it grown right here. And then there's this cycle of compost then from the dining hall that goes back to Teraday um, to mix into the soil there. So I, I love the the ways in which um, eating together from a sacramental perspective, bread and wine, have to be, in my point of view, have to be so grounded in the land, in the place. And so that starts, from my point of view, in these kinds of intertwined processes of eating off of the land and then turning our waste back into the soil that we need to grow our food. And in a perfect world, if our wine and our bread could come from Terra Day, it would be amazing. They don't right now, but it would be perfect if they did. Um, and so that's an important part of, of uh, a theological perspective of seeing God in the land, in the way that we live with the land. And, and Terra Day is a specific place devoted to that. So there's somebody that lives there. Her name is Holly. She is incredible. Um, and she takes care of the garden all year round. And then she takes care of the house that's there too. And the house is built in a way that is super sustainable. It's made of hay bales. And um, it has, it's kind of a living house. You have to kind of live into it. There's all of these little um, rituals that happen throughout the day that she lives into. Um, and it accompanies the garden. They function together. One cannot be without the other. Um, and if we, could all, if we could all live that way, it would be amazing. But even to just take um, the gardening aspect or the composting element, or if you really want to, maybe the solar panels um, and apply them to your life. And I think that's a really, really valuable um, way to keep um, in mind our call to care for the earth um, and 
it's just good. It's fun. It's good for the soul. I think it's good for our bodies. And um, it's a perfect example of that. Terra Day, I should have said this first, but Terra Day means land of God. Uh, we could say that about all land, but it's marked with that reminder to specifically remind us that we can live in ways that are defined by that identity, that we see God in trees, in the soil, in the groundhog that wanders in and eats a kohlrabi or two, um, which actually happens. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, that's to put that label on it is so important to, to remember that something doesn't, the land doesn't just belong to us. We can certainly take care of it and we're called to take care of it. Um, but it has this identity of being something that God loves so, so dearly. And that should be at the forefront of our minds all the time. So you've already kind of started to answer the questions in even what you shared about your favorite places. Um, but there are, is there more that you would like to share about how God has been with you both at um, Mount Luther and then also here at Luther Lane? Yeah. So... Um, in seminary, I'm kind of going backwards in time a little, or forwards, I don't know, but in seminary... We're into time travel here, it's fine, we'll keep up. <laughs> cool, cool. So seminary, um, I took a bunch of classes on eco-theology, and I realized very early on that it was a place that I was really passionate about from an academic perspective, but it was because I had this groundwork of, here's the practical way that I have lived and experienced God in creation, in nature, if you will, um, and I'll give like a few examples like Please. the Buffalo Gap is absolutely a place that feels so, so holy, um, whether that's the trickling of that stream or the weird explanations that we don't necessarily know about how these boulder scrambles got there. It just feels so, so holy, um, which is hard to understand unless you've been to a place that just feels like it exudes holiness. Um, and that place certainly does. And then from afar, looking at it, all every storm that I have ever seen at Mount Luther creeps over the mountains and kind oh, of gosh. pours down into Mount Luther. And it is this thing that is so ominous and a little bit scary. But there's an aspect of God in that too, that God is a little yeah. bit frightening, a little bit scary, but it also brings joy. It brings rain. Um, and rain at camp is fun and comforting. We'll see that. And then Terra Day too, just that like activity, the activeness of being in relationship with God. Um, the the second creation story in Genesis two, where God is creating by getting God's fingers into the dirt, um, molding all that is with the the stuff that is there, um, and you know. God gets dirty out of that. And then to experience that for ourselves, to get dirty in that place, um, helps us to identify what it means to be made in the image of God, um, which I'll just throw out is not just like that we look like a humanoid God or whatever, but that God is representative in the image of community. Mm -hmm. And so when we grow food, when we act in ways that we're always extending um, life and food out to others, this is representative of the image of God, that the image of God is um, an ecology, a, a, a family, a community living together um, in a way that cares for the whole community. Um, 
So that's Genesis 2. I just would love to plug my favorite Bible verse too, which is Job 12, 7 through 10-ish. Why, can, why don't you set up Job for us, just in case yeah, people yeah. aren't as familiar sure. about the story of Job. <laughs> so fun. I'm sure with the two of us together, yeah, yeah. we can do a little summary. Sure. So Job is, is really, really challenging, but also really, really fun um, from a like theological perspective to dive into. Um, so Job is this person um, who is completely righteous, um, completely right, without flaw, um, according to God at the beginning of Job. And Job, too, knows this identity of being blameless, which as Lutherans feels really hard to get behind, right? Like, yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it just feels unrealistic. But... For the sake of the story, he has done nothing wrong. And so there's this interesting, almost operatic exchange between God and um, Satan, Satan, the devil, you know. The accuser. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Um, uh, what's the the adversary? That's, yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Hebrew so, was a long right, time ago. Right, not right, that right. Good. Yeah. So, and this is some, this is a... Uh, a person of the godly court. So they would be someone that's kind of like chirping in God's ear, if you will, um, and giving God ideas or advice even, um, which is probably a different perspective than you might have of a divine court. But um, the the Satan is within that community there. Mm. Um, And so this character says to God, well, if... Job is so righteous and so good. Why don't you take everything from Job? Yeah. And God, for a moment, doubts that that would be effective. But then God goes along with it and is like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's take this bet. Let's see where Job winds up at the end of this, which feels so weird that God's playing games uh, in, a, in a way or, yeah. or testing um, in this way. Because then what happens to Job is Job loses family children, land, um, the animals, the on animals, the land. Yeah. everything, yeah. literally everything. And I don't mean that figuratively, literally. literally everything. <laughs> yeah, like his wife. So like there's. Actually, he doesn't lose his wife. Oh, he doesn't lose his wife. Yeah. Just yeah. Which the is kids. just the kids. Oh, that's right. Which is kind of a funny thing um, yeah. because okay. she winds up not having a name, but some scholars actually give her a name, which is really, really valuable. Oh. And then she actually has some really interesting theological points that she like plugs in throughout the the story here and there. She's such a minor character. I'm as gonna have many. to take another look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting character. Yeah. Um so yeah, so Job loses everything and then he just has these like these friends, these like four or five friends. I can't tell you the names of these friends. Um but they're all yeah. giving advice to Job on how he should live his life thereafter. And they like they provide these um, theological perspectives that is amazing that we still rely on them today. Like, um, oh, well, have more kids. You'll be fine. You'll get over the loss of those kids because you can just have more. Like something so heartless. And yet mm-hmm. there are times where people say things like that. That's just like, really? Like, yes. Have we not been following along? Or like, oh, it was really hard. Um, like I have a lot of friends who have miscar- who've had miscarriages and it's like, oh, but you're pregnant now and you're like still going to get to be a mom or yeah. like 
you can adopt. Mm-hmm. And it, and like, yeah, and we, yeah, so we still say yeah. all of these things that the friends say yeah. in maybe a different form or fashion, but it's mm-hmm. the same idea or like core value. Yeah. 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 Um, it's so cool to explore it because it gives so many different ideas of ways to solve the problem of this thing has happened to me that is bad. Um, I have done nothing wrong in my view. And yet from Job's view, and Job doesn't know that God had this thing going on with the adversary. Um, And so it is this perspective of like, if God is so good, how could God let this thing happen to someone that is so bad? And it is someone that is so good, right? Yeah. Um, In the language of theology, we call this theodicy. Um, It's a problematic thing that really shouldn't have an answer. And yet answers pop up that aren't adequate all the time. And Job goes right after that. Yeah. Um, And that's why it's like my favorite book of the Bible. I love it for that, for that aspect that like, it's a, it's such a good reminder for me that um, any answer we give isn't going to be enough. Um, And so there is a quality of like, just being a presence for somebody who is Mm. going through something that is so hard that continuously seems to be valuable throughout Job. Yeah. But then, um, and well, so Job 12, I'll just kind of pause there. Yeah. Um, So Job at some point says, um, or is noting that um, there is value to looking to creation for answers. Mm. And so he says, but ask of the beasts, Ask of the birds of the air, and they will teach you. Um, Who has not heard that of all these things, of all life that is around, that God has provided these things? Which feels like almost a preview of Job 38, where then God finally answers and says, you know, Job, you've had all these issues, but what are your issues compared to the breadth of things that are out there? You have been so wrapped up in your own stuff that you have not looked, you have not smelled, you have not experienced the world that is all around you. And God is so obsessed with the details of creation in the divine speeches, that 38 through 41. It's the last things that we hear about in Job. And it feels like either in one view that Job is being called out and again, it's an answer that's not adequate Mm. or it's calling to Job and saying, no, but look, you haven't been paying attention to the ways that either I have been around you or that you have been experiencing life that is so full and so vibrant around you that is not dependent on all of your things, on all of your stuff, on your life before all of this happened. Um, there's yeah. a bit of mystery there. There's a bit of question there. There's um, beauty in that answer. Um, but is it totally full? No. Um, but I think it's an important aspect for us to remember how valuable our world is, that we forget to look outside and to experience the details of a leaf or the details of... Um, a hawk eating something that's dead and rotting, which comes up in that Job passage. But God loves that. Yeah. God pours God's attention into that moment. Yeah. yeah, It's, I love Job. Um, So Job has become this book for me that um, is both challenging all the time 
and has this awesome divine speech at the end, which is always a reminder for me to, to look um, and to experience all of creation that is around me. And that's why I'm in outdoor ministry. That's why yeah. I love it so much, because I want to share that with other people. I want other people to be able to pay attention to the details. It's something that kids are so good at, too. Kids yes. inherently are like, oh, my gosh, this is the coolest blade of grass I have ever seen. Yes. And as an adult, yes. you're like, really? That's like the thousandth piece of grass that I've seen in the last hour. Yeah. <laughs> but for an adult, then to take that moment and be like, yeah, you're right. This yeah. is such a cool blade of grass. Yeah. That, that's godly work. That is work that is attentive to God's call for us to pay attention to creation, yeah. to look um, and to see things with such, such great detail. Yeah, with that joy of the kids. R- literally right before this, I was doing stream critters mm-hmm. with my four-year-old niece and my nephew who's going to be 10. And so we're down at the stream with our like, old recycled like cool whip containers lifting up rocks and you know all the big kids are just they got to find the biggest crawfish they can of course yeah and my niece really has i mean she thought they were cool but she has no interest in this um and we're like okay like we gotta go take our our bucket up and she didn't have anything in her bucket so she just like really quick dipped it in because I don't think she wanted to like turn it in empty when all the other kids were taking stuff up. So she like dipped it in and she took it up to Laura and Laura, you know, there's nothing in it but dead leaves. And Laura's just like, wow, yes, look at what you found. And I was like, yeah, it's like, it's the food for all of these animals. And this is so important. And she's like, yeah, like they're going to eat this. Yeah. And so that they, they can grow big. And we're like, okay, we're going to go put the food back. And she's like, yeah, so they can have food in their home. Right. And it's just, you know, to the big kids, it was like, probably like, oh, yeah, cool. Like you got to leave. <laughs> but to her, it's like, no, like this is a big deal. Yeah. And then, you know, then we're the last ones walking up the hill because we have to look at the acorn and look at the. Exactly. But it's such a gift. It is. Yeah. yeah. That, that attention is just marvelous and and kids rely so much on their senses and um feeling things and seeing things and many things like that for the first time and and that wonder that attention to detail is something that um i want to capture every day for the rest of my life and i think is important to share with other people to say yeah maybe you've looked at your front yard a thousand times or maybe you've just noticed the the weed that has scrambled up through the cracks in the sidewalk. But that thing that feels so ordinary is such a gift too. Um, it in some ways bears the divine. Um, it bears God to us. And oh, definitely. Yeah. The weed so... in the crack, like talk Absolutely. about resurrection. Yeah, yeah. Talk about like new life coming from a place of like concrete yes. and dirt and essentially like a little tomb. Yeah. But, yeah. like, when that dandelion pops up, I mean, that's Easter Sunday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I love it. We, yeah, again, I feel like we'll have to get together again, <laughs> unfortunately, maybe not in person, right, right. but to dig deeper into yeah. all of this because I think there are such powerful implications for how we live. And I think what you said, too, earlier, you know, that even if you don't live – at a camp or yeah. on a farm right. or that, but even if you live in the city, that there's things that you can do to, to tend more to the earth and be more connected. And that's a way of living out your faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so where can people connect with you? 
So it's so I did a podcast for a period of time last fall. Um, it's as of recording, it's not available, but it will be. I promise. It will be. It will be. <laughs> I'm gonna add it all back on um, to the hosting service. But I'm hoping to resurrect that and to bring it back sometime in the fall. It may um, be easiest to find that hopefully on Lutherland's website. Um, but I'm going to be at Lutherland. So if you really want to connect with me, reach out to the office. I can't tell you the number. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes or something. We'll put it in the show notes. We got you. There we go. I like, we just go. memorized my new cell phone number like two weeks ago. It takes a while. So you'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably have it memorized, but I don't yet. Right. But anyway, reach out to the to us and um, I'm here. So um, we do a variety of retreats and things, which I'm sure Deb probably already said about. I hope we talked mostly about summer camp. Okay. So yeah, let's hear about the retreats. Yeah. So we do a variety of retreats. Many are devoted towards being together as a family. So we do a a Halloween retreat that's coming up soon. And then we do an Advent retreat, which is very, very fun, very, very cool. And then there's a winter retreat that happens shortly after Advent retreat, which is kind of like summer camp, but in the winter. Um, And so that one's not as family oriented, but it's a really good chance for kids to come and see camp at a different time um, in a time that's more focused towards rest. Um, And we see that all around us. I... It's not on the calendar yet, but I'm working on planning an eco-theology retreat at some point, which is going to be very focused around many of the things that I love and talked about in this podcast. Um, So that's coming. Keep your eyes out for that one. Um, I'm excited about that. So that's coming, but not out yet. (laughs) These are lots of really great things to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of cool things. Also, if you're, um, I think, over 21, Grown Up Camp is available, and I'll be around for that. Um, That's a very, very fun time to come and be at camp and to interact with people who are, like, young adults-ish, but also older, too. Um, Very, very fun time. That's August 20th through the 22nd. So if you're interested in that, register now. It's open. Do it. (laughs) Yeah, we will link that in the show notes because I think – a lot of our folks who listen went to camp as children. Maybe we're on camp staff. But then there's also some who have never been to camp. Oh, and yeah. you're just – you're never too old. Absolutely. I mean, there's someone here at family camp who – she said she's been here for over 65 summers, I think. I think so. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And if – you know, and if Lutheran is just too far away for you, you can go to the Lutheran Outdoor Ministry website. And there are amazing – camps um all across the country that we i mean i really love lutherland a lot but i know (laughs) that jesus is at all of the camps (laughs) absolutely i totally agree yeah yeah well thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us um here at all places together ryan it's just been a joy yeah thank you for having me A prayer for learning from creation. 
creating God, you made all that is, from the tallest mountain to the shortest blades of grass. In each flower, animal, and raindrop, you take delight. When our lives are marked with grief, anxiety, shame, or anger, turn our eyes to the wonders of creation. May seeds dying to the earth give us hope for new life amidst our grief. May the mother hen shielding her chicks remind us that your wings protect us in spite of our anxieties. May the social grooming of baboons teach us that we are worthy of care and love and banish our shame. May the pelting rains of spring that prepare the land for new growth encourage us to channel our anger into action for better life. Above all, may we live each day a little more in harmony with creation, with one another, and with you. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. As listener Beth shared on Instagram, last week's episode both and really hit home with her and many others. If you didn't get that silly pun there, go and listen to episode 12 right now. Laura also shared in a private message this week that they read the Thomas story at her wedding to Luke last summer. Even though it was an unusual wedding scripture pick, she said, quote, it was perfect for our pandemic wedding, end quote. So again, if you don't know about Thomas and how weird it may be to be reading about him at a wedding, last week's guest Julie will catch you up on episode 12. We'll be wrapping up this series about our beloved places later this month. So if you've been holding on to your story to share until later, now is the moment. You can share your story of a beloved place and how God was with you there by DMing us on Instagram or Facebook or by emailing us at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. If there are other stories or questions you have, feel free to reach out and share those as well. You can subscribe to All Places Together wherever you get your podcasts. To continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and click on that button. You'll be redirected to our giving platform. Thank you to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people just like you who have shared contributions. We know that it can be hard to give financially, so remember that we celebrate all of the ways you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life, whether that's posting to your Instagram story, sending a private message on Facebook with a post that you think will mean something to your friend, or even sharing the podcast episode. I wonder which nature lover in your life you will share today's episode with and imagine the conversation you can have with them as you share all that you have learned from nature and from God. 
Until next time, remember that God is with you wherever, whoever, and however you are.